children now let us see what happens next when jim shared his experience to his wife connie through the letter the next day the author goes to bridgeport to see connie so that he could hand over jim's last letter to her folded the letter again and slipped it carefully back into its envelope i kept awake all night by morning i knew what i had to do so i drove to bridport just a few miles away i asked a boy walking his dog where copper beaches was house number 12 turned out to be nothing but a burned out shell the roof gaping the windows boarded up i knocked at the house next door and asked if anyone knew where the whereabouts of mrs mcpherson oh yes said the old man in his slippers he knew her well a lovely old lady he told me a bit muddle headed but at her age she was entitled to be wasn't she a hundred and one years old she had been in the house when it caught fire no one really knew how the fire had started but it could have been candles she used candles rather than electricity because she always thought electricity was too expensive the fireman had got her out just in time she was in a nursing home now he told me ballington house on the dorchester road on the other side of the town i found ballington house nursing home easily enough There were paper chains up in the hallway and a lighted Christmas tree stood in the corner with a lopsided angel on top. I said I was a friend come to visit Mrs Macpherson to bring her a Christmas present. I could see through into the dining room where everyone was wearing a paper hat and singing. The matron had a hat on too and seemed happy enough to see me. She offered me a mince pie. She walked me along the corridor. Mrs. Macpherson is not in with the others. She told me, "She's rather confused today, so we thought it best if she had a good rest. She has no family, you know. No one visits, so I'm sure she'll be only too pleased to see you." She took me into a conservatory with a wicker chairs and potted plants all around and left me. The old lady was sitting in a wheelchair, her hands folded in her lap. She had silver white hair pinned into a wispy bun and gazing out at the garden. "Hello," I said. She turned and looked up at me vacantly. "Happy Christmas, Connie," I went on. "I found this. I think it is yours." As I was speaking, her eyes never left my face. I opened the tin box and gave it to her. That was the moment her eyes lit up with recognition and face became suffused with a sudden glow of happiness. I explained about the desk, about how I had found it, but I don't think she was listening. For a while, she said nothing, but stroked the letter tenderly with her fingertips. Suddenly she reached out and took my hand. Her eyes were filled with tears. "You told me you had come home by Christmas, dearest," she said. "And here you are, the best Christmas present in the world. 
Come closer, Jim, dear. Please sit with me. I sat down beside her and she kissed my cheek. I read your letter so often, Jim, every day. I wanted to hear your voice in my head. It always made me feel you were with me. And now you are. And now you are back, you can read it to me yourself. Would you do that for me, Jim dear? I just want to hear your voice again. I'd love that so much. And then perhaps we'll have some tea. I've made you a nice Christmas cake, marzipan all round. I know how much you love marzipan.